Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Philly fan, put that horse crap sando down. Horse crap sandos are for closers only. Man, the Eagles are anything but that. The Eagles certainly are not closers. In fact, not only are the Eagles not closers, the Eagles aren't openers either. The Eagles are no-showers. No-showers who no-showed their way through the last eight weeks of the regular season and then, of course, no-showed their way right out the postseason. The word implosion is not nearly strong enough to describe this implosion. This is a catastrophic meltdown. This is one of the worst team collapses we have ever seen, period. Full stop. Books should and will be written about this meltdown. And they're going to make those books part of the Philly public school curriculum so that future generations of battery chuckers will know exactly what a fraudulent, choking team looks like. It's not just Kansas City that has a special message for Nick Sirianni this morning. It seems like Philly fan has the same message, except a lot more of it. It feels like the entire world wants to say to Sirianni, I don't hear bleep anymore. See ya. Incredible. I mean, bad enough that a head coach, well, on the one hand, I want to say bad enough that a head coach is acting like that. When in reality, I love a head coach acting like that. I just know the way that thing works. It all comes around. No matter who you are, no matter how good you are, I love a head coach who acts like that, but I know deep down it's going to bite him in the ass. It's going to come around. It all comes around. And sure enough, it all came around. That was Nick Sirianni after a win in Kansas City. Alvin, can I hear that one more time just so everybody understands fully what he said, when he said it, and what has happened since? A player, maybe. You can see a player saying something like that, but the head coach? But then again, different dude, right? Here's the problem. Since he did that, they went 2-6. and 2-6 and six since then. John Gruden taking a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium in the team bus after a regular season win. Can't believe your act, Nick, after that win. That's enough of that crap. Hey, Nick, what happened to it's first and nine every first down? What happened to where is the camera? Where's the camera? What happened to less thinking equals talent takeover? What happened to... The rock, paper, scissors lifestyle. Rock, paper, scissors. Let's see how competitive you are. Nick, the hell happened to your football team? I know what the I'm doing. The hell happened to your entire season? Because I'll tell you what it looks like from here. It looks like you completely lost your football team. And it looks like they completely lost faith in you and each other. And generally when that happens, the next thing that happens is you completely lose your job. I'm not calling for this guy's job. 
I'm not calling for his head like I wasn't calling necessarily for Mike McCarthy's head. But you could ask some pretty serious questions, right? It looks like Sirianni lost both of his coordinators off of a Super Bowl run and did not know how to function without them. Did not know how to replace them. Didn't know what to do when things got weird. And not weird as in weird is typically good, but I mean weird. Apparently playing rock, paper, scissors or saying less thinking equals town takeover when everything is ripping apart and going to hell is not the answer. Because when the alleged best young coach in the NFL, ask him, had everything rip apart, he had no answers. No way to stop the bleeding. I know his ass defense had no way to stop anything at all. Like, the Eagles are so pathetic and so embarrassing, they almost make you forget how pathetic and embarrassing the Cowboys are. Like, it seemed impossible that Philly could go out there and embarrass themselves even worse than Dallas did. And then Philly went out there last night and made looking worse than Dallas actually look easy. I mean, it really was that bad. The Eagles dudes didn't just no-show a playoff game. They showed up defeated already. They came in pre-defeated. Like, they had already played the game in their minds and got their asses kicked. Then they took the field for the coin flip. You can't find worse vibes than the vibes on that Eagles sideline. And yes, I'm well aware that Nick Sirianni had that team in the Super Bowl last season and nearly won. And I'm well aware that this dude started 10-1 and this year. But they just went from 10-1 and to 1-done. and And the team could not look any more excited for that season to come to an end. And they couldn't look any more excited to get as far away as possible from each other as they could. And if you lose the locker room as a head coach, once you lose the locker room as a head coach, it is virtually impossible to get it back. So if this guy has, and it sure as hell looks like he has, and he can't get them back, how do you bring him back? Now, to Nick's part, he says he's not at all worried about his job. He's not worried about his job. Says here, he absolutely should be worried about his job. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Um, Again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. I'm not, I'm worried, I'm I'm not worried. I'm, I'm, you know, as the head coach, uh, I'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now, um, you know, through through a tough time. Hey, everybody, gather up, gather up, bring it in, bring it in. Rock, paper, scissors. Well, what do you mean every single one of them put their heart and soul into this? He said that, quote, every single one of them put their heart and soul into this. Yo, into what? Into what exactly? If you mean every single one of them put their heart and soul into getting your ass fired, then maybe. But every single one of them put their heart and soul into that game last night? Yeah, nobody's buying that. Nobody who saw that game is buying that. Jalen Hurts did his best Dak Prescott impression after the game and also tried to defend his head coach. He just didn't do a very good job at it at all. Just like Jalen, and I know he's banged up, but just like Jalen has not done a very good job on the field of late. I didn't know he was going anywhere. Well, I, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. 
No. I have everybody. I have a ton of confidence in um in everyone in this building. Um, it's just a matter of us going out there and playing clean football, and that's been something that we have not done. You do it in weeks. In weeks. Are you seriously going to go with the? I didn't know he was going anywhere. Really, dude? Because this is exactly what happens. You've got to know that. That's what happens when a football team completely collapses into a steaming heap of flaming garbage. That's what happens when you no-show a playoff game. And all look like you'd rather be throwing down with each other than the other team. You know what happens when that happens? People's, people go some places. <laughs> they go somewhere. Well, what do you mean you had no idea he was going anywhere? And maybe he's not. But don't act like that's like the most foreign concept ever. Wait, what? Wait, wait, you mean people aren't happy with a coach? People aren't happy with us? Typically, when that happens, the coach does go somewhere. And you know where that somewhere is? That somewhere is called the wood chipper. Or under the nearest bus. Also, you definitely do not look like you have, quote, a ton of confidence in everyone in this building. A ton of confidence in, um, in everyone in this building. What are you talking about, dude? I mean, just looking at your sideline alone. Never mind looking at what transpired on the field. Looking at your sideline alone. Looking at the way you interact with each other. What do you mean? It looks like you have a ton of confidence in everybody in the building. It looks like you have no confidence in anybody in that building. At least judging by your body language. And the guys around you did not look like they had any more confidence in you than you had in them. What I'm saying is, I do not recall an NFL team having this catastrophic a collapse ever. Like, I'm trying to, but nothing's coming to mind. Not one bad night, mind you. Not one bad night. That's not what that is. That's a slow-moving train wreck that culminated in the ass-kicking that everybody could see from a mile away except James Kelly, who chose them and got worked yet again. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly. How do you like that? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, you do have to use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours, and you do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Kelly, that jarred curse is real, yo. Man, I hope you learned your lesson, fathead. Knowing you, you didn't. Fat! Head. Winthrop. 
Hope you learned your lesson, Head, but I know you didn't. Back to Hertz. Judging by Hertz's body language, Hertz could not be any less confident or any more exasperated by everybody in that building. It just seems like he hates everybody right now. And given the way everybody is playing and coaching, it's pretty understandable. Except that Hertz is also a part of the problem. Frankly, a massive part of the problem. At least Lane Johnson stepped up, and I would expect that. He's a leader, tough guy. At least he stepped up after the game and addressed the incredibly awkward and uncomfortable vibes and body language. What would I tell my guys? The the line, um, you know, no matter what the the scoreboard is, you play, um, you know, no no slapping, no clapping your hands, no sulking after bad plays. You go up up to the line of scrimmage, like nothing happened, like a robot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think something that needs to be addressed, you know, I think far as concerning next season, you don't want to give your opponents anything. I mean, they see that on film. It, it, you know, uh, sulking, bad body, all this stuff. You know, you can't give your opponents anything. I mean, he's right. He's right about all that except for one thing. Nobody needed to pick up on the sulking or bad body language on film. Tampa could see it right in front of their faces last night. We all could see it. Look, I don't know if this is actually going to cost Sirianni his job, but it's pretty hard for me to argue that he should stay. And again, I'm not looking to get anybody fired. But it's similar to the big fella, Big Mike, and his situation. It's hard to make an argument as to why he should stay and hard to make an argument why you would not give the best coach of all time a call right about now. And considering how obvious it is that Nick Sirianni is not the best coach of all time, I'd be on the phone also if I were Philly. Bottom line is, it's fair to call everything about that Eagles operation into question right now. Everything, because there's never been a collapse like that. Again, full stop. But you know what's not in question this morning? Baker freaking Mayfield. Baker's toughness. Baker's grit. Baker's ability to keep coming back long after everybody has left him for dead. You know, the same thing as always. There's a good reason why I never gave up on this dude. And you've seen it all season long. The guy just battles. The guy just fights. We're not talking about the most physically gifted player. We're not talking about the most aesthetically pleasing quarterback. He's just a fighter and a winner and a dude who runs on that hate and that doubt and that skepticism. But with the Bucs, it's not just that Baker loves being doubted. That entire team has picked up on that vibe and that energy. The rest of the Bucs love being an underdog just as much as he does. There's something about whether it's you're an underdog or a road game, um, just having your backs against the wall and knowing it's it's just your team versus everybody else when you're counted out. And it, it's always fun to be in that role. Uh, obviously, I'm pretty comfortable in it, but uh, our team has completely embraced that throughout the year. This guy wouldn't have it any other way. Would not have it any other way. I mean, seriously, who would have ever, would have ever thought that this team would rally from Bacon 46's retirement to actually be a better football team and actually go further in the playoffs. Who would have ever thought that any quarterback could fill those shoes and take over that leadership void on that team? So Baker deserves credit. Todd Bowles deserves credit. Jason Light deserves credit. Because anybody who told you that they saw a Tampa playoff win coming this season is a liar. Hell, they made this guy beat out Kyle Trask. 
So more on Baker a little bit later on. You know I've got a lot more to say about him. However, somebody else who does deserve something, Jason Kelsey. And what he deserves is, well, just better. Better. Better than that. If this really is the end, the Eagles should have sent that legend out on a way better note instead of sending that dude out on the worst possible note ever. It's not officially official. But Kelsey reportedly told teammates last night that he is retiring after 13 incredible seasons in Philly. And nobody wants to remember this guy as part of that utter and complete dumpster fire last night. That's not how that guy should be remembered. Not at all. Jason Kelsey should be remembered for this. For 52 years, y'all have been waiting for this. You want to talk about underdog? You want to talk about a hungry dog? For 52 years, you've been starved in this championship. Everybody wonders why we're so mean. Everybody wonders why the Philadelphia Eagles aren't the nicest fans. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm pissed off. No one wanted us. No one liked this team. No analysts like this team to win the Super Bowl, and nobody likes our fans. And you know what? I've just heard one of the best chants this past day, and it's one of my favorite, and it's new, and I hope you all learn it, because I'm about to drop it right now. You know what I got to say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done? What my man Jay and John just said, F*** you! One of the greatest Eagles ever going out on one of the worst Philly nights ever. That dude deserves so much better. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. We are joined right now by running back Aaron Jones. Aaron, my man, great to have you back on. How you doing? Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be on the show. Uh, great to be back talking to you. I appreciate you, Aaron. Always good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. I also understand the 24-hour rule. I know it applies to the postseason as well. You're all in on the Niners. I get all that. But how pumped were you and your teammates to make the statement that you did in blowing out the Cowboys and becoming the first seven seed in league history to win a playoff game? Uh, you know, we were very proud. Uh, a lot of people didn't believe in us uh, coming in, but that didn't matter. We believed in each other. We know we have everything that we need in the locker room to get it done. And ultimately, the game has to be played between the lines. Uh, you know, analysts can't can't pick and choose who's going to win. The players are going to choose who wins once once it's played. Aaron Jones joining us. You know, you knew, and I kind of got a sense of it because I spoke to your teammate, defensive tackle Kenny Clark, 
on Friday, and he told me, and I quote, we're definitely going to surprise a lot of people, end of quote, on Sunday. I mean, was that the overall vibe in that locker room that despite being an underdog, y'all were prepared and expecting to go into that house and shock the football world? hundred uh, percent. We we expected that. Uh, you know, we we like I said, we believed in each other. We know we've been we set our standard a few weeks back, and we've been playing to that to that high standard. And we know we can continue to communicate, uh, be disciplined, and execute uh, execute the game plan that's called. We 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 would be successful, and I think that it showed out there. So, Aaron, when you talk about setting the standard a few weeks back, I mean, did it kind of just happen organically, or was something said by any of the players, any of the leadership? How was that standard set a few weeks back? Uh, you know, it just kind of happened organically. Um, you know, we we felt like we were close all all season. We we were in, in every game. We were going through that stretch where we were losing, uh, but our process was right during that. Uh, you know, guys were still happy to be here, coming to work, um, practicing hard, working the right way. Uh, it just the result wasn't there. You know, we were losing by seven, losing by three, or whatever it may be. Um, but we knew if we stuck together. Uh, we did. We would get it done. You know, block out the outside noise, trust in each other, believe in each other, and uh, you know, really lock in. And that's what we did. You know, Aaron, you always hear people talk about trusting the process. Athletes always talk about that. I think the fans kind of get tired of hearing about that. But how important is it to have a process, trust that process, and most of all, trust that process when you're not winning, and trust that it's going to be fine. It's going to turn as long as you keep trusting the process. Uh, you definitely you have to trust it because if you don't, then you, I mean, you're going to have a locker room full of people doing different things, uh, and in that way, you'll never be successful. But if everybody trusts it, uh, buys in, and believes, then you know everybody's going to be successful. Everybody has that same goal in mind. I believe that. I believe that fully. That's why I wanted to ask you about that. You do have to trust the process and the standard. Aaron Jones is joining us. You played a major role in that win over Dallas. You had the three rushing TDs, over 100 yards. It's not surprising in the sense that you always seem to have something big for Dallas. But given that you've dealt with hamstring and knee injuries this year, how satisfying was it for you to have your biggest game of the year on the biggest stage so far? Uh, it, was, it was very satisfying. You know, I came out a couple weeks ago and felt like uh, I was getting back to myself and then been uh been able to play the way I wanted to play, uh been explosive and I think that just carried me on into the into the playoffs and then you know, like you said, a little added being at the Cowboy Stadium. I'm from El Paso, Texas, so um, you know, I had a lot of family and friends and college teammates there as well. One, I thought you were really explosive and have been. Number two, you beat me to it. I was going to say, in terms of your dominance over Dallas, I think that a lot of people do know that. You starred in El Paso in both high school and college ball. Is it, and it's always business, and then it's always personal no matter what, is it a little more personal against Dallas? Uh, You know, we were in El Paso is nothing but Cowboys fans, so you know, I got to walk around with a peace of mind there. Uh, no one there can say anything to me, so it's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> I see you working. Aaron Jones joining us. What about Jordan Love? I thought he was incredible in his playoff debut. In fact, almost perfect, like literally almost perfect. The last time you and I spoke in June, you told me you liked what you had seen from him in OTAs. But at that time, did you see him doing the things that he's doing right now? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, and you can go back and listen to um, other shows or whatever as well and uh, see me speaking highly about Jordan. Uh, you know, we we knew what we had in this building. Everybody else just didn't know. Um, and they're quick to rush to judgment. But, you know, that's all we have guy, guys around to 
protect uh protect him we we lift him up and you know we defend our quarterback at the end of the day um you know and look at him look at his confidence look how he's playing uh if he would have listened to the outside noise who knows but um we're not there so J-Lo's going to keep balling, and uh, we're we're just excited and happy for him, uh, you know, just to uh, uh, silence all the, the critics and naysayers. Right, and and he, to me, like, as great as the guy is, and I'm really amazed by his playmaking, man, it's his composure, dude. Like, for him to step in and follow who we had to follow, and with all that expectation, and he's just handling it, handling it. Like, he doesn't even blink, he doesn't flinch. It's amazing to me. And then you've got the team itself, Aaron. Like, for instance... The roster is the youngest roster of any team to make the playoffs. You've got a ton of first and second year players making contributions. Like we're all led to believe that experience was supposed to make such a big difference in the playoffs. Yet it looked like the Cowboys were the ones who never looked comfortable. And you had a bunch of Packers who had never even played in a postseason game that settled right in. How do you explain that? What was going on? Um, we've been in a playoff situation for now what four weeks. This this was our fourth week. Uh, if we w- didn't win those last three at the end of the season, we wouldn't have even made it to uh, that game to play the Cowboys. So we've been in a playoff mindset and a playoff mode. Um, you know, these guys are brought here with the with, with, and we tell them, hey, you're here for a reason. We, we need you. Uh, or you know, if you're not playing right now, at some point we're going to need you. You're going to be uh, keep a uh, keep, key part of this and. You know, it always turns out. Look at look at the receiver room. Look at the tight end room. You know, we got like you said a bunch of first and second year guys, and you can spread the ball out, uh, and all of them can have a day. Yeah, Aaron. There's enough to worry about when you're your guy. When you're anybody on an NFL roster, there's enough to worry about in worrying about yourself and worrying about what you can control. How have you approached being a guy who's been there and seen all these things and now leading from the front and being able to impart the knowledge, the things you're telling me right now, to the younger guys? How are you approaching that aspect of leading a young team? Um, being selfless, knowing it's not just about you or it's not all about you, uh, putting other people first, um, I, I feel like that's the biggest. And then just uh, leading by example as well. You know, you can set the tone. You can set the standard. Um for them to follow and you know that if if somebody sees how hard you're going they're going to go just as hard to match match your intensity Aaron Jones joining me for another couple of minutes all right so you've got another amazing opportunity this week with a familiar opponent in the Niners San Francisco and Green Bay are going to compete in the playoffs for an NFL record 10th time with the Niners winning the last four what comes to mind when you think about your past postseason battles with the Niners um you know just how their defense, uh, how how good their defense is, but um, not really looking in the past. I'm looking to the future. Uh, it's a new opportunity to to play them, and uh, we have a new team. We never, it's not the same teams as the past. So, uh, just excited to get out there and and uh, show show them what we can do and show show what our guys have. Fair enough, and they do have a really good front seven. You know this. Final thought, is there any part of you, you know, a lot of talk about the Niners, and they're the top seed, they're this, they're that, they're the other, they've had the bye week, they've had a couple of weeks to get ready. Is there any part of you that hears that and thinks, hey, now hold up now, did you not just see what we did in Dallas? They have to deal with us as much as we have to deal with them. No, uh, not really looking into what they say. Uh, If we looked at what they said, we wouldn't be here this week. So uh, just continue to block that out and worry about us. 
Fair enough. All right. So he's in his seventh year. He was a pro bowler in 2020, playing great ball right now. Three touchdowns in that win over Dallas. Aaron Jones making time for the jungle once again. Aaron, appreciate you. Always good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for the conversation. Thank you. So quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody. The entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? All right, so what about another coaching situation? Steeler fan, why don't we talk about yours? Depending on your perspective, you might say that Mike Tomlin just had another solid season with the Steelers. Or you could be a Steeler fan, in which case you're probably saying that you never want to see this guy on the Pittsburgh sideline ever again. In fact, I know that because you were saying that. You've been saying that for much of the season. You were saying that when they were 7-4, and four, and he was a Coach of the Year candidate. So I don't think anything's changed. What I've heard from Steeler fan is, hey, Rome, you and the rest of the national media have no idea what's going on here. You don't know what this guy's really like. So I'm not exactly sure how things got so toxic between Mike Tomlin and Steeler fan. I'm guessing some of it has to do with entitlement, Some of it has to do with they're used to winning. To which I would argue, you are still winning. He's never had a losing season. To which they're very quick to point out, right, but we also haven't had a winning playoff game since 2016. It's toxic. They want nothing to do with this guy. I can find a lot of people outside the organization and in the profession that would tell you firing Tomlin is crazy. I can't find a single Steeler fan, though, who's willing to say that. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I can't find them. And then I don't think Tomlin, and by the way, I've defended him. Tomlin did not help himself at all with that act last night at the postgame podium. That stunt did not help. Listen, I get it. He's tired of talking about his future. This dude's like, I just won 10 games with that team. I just took that team to the playoffs. What are we even talking about? What are we even doing here? I took that team to the playoffs. And on some level, I understand where the guy might be frustrated. He's 181, 110 and two overall, including the postseason as the head coach of the playoffs. That's not the record of a bad football coach. It's just not. And of course, he does coach for a franchise that never fires their coaches. So the entire conversation about his job status probably does seem a little bit absurd to him. To a certain extent, I get that. I do. However, this dude is not infallible. He's not above reproach. 
and he's not above questions about his job or his future, especially when his contract is expiring in a year, especially when he hasn't produced a playoff win since 2016. He's not above, and I've been defending this guy, but after seeing him last night, he's not above the very same accountability that he demands from everybody else. But he definitely acted like it, didn't he, when he stormed off that podium after the game yesterday. I mean, you want to talk about the opposite of the straight fire that he promised. The reporter wasn't even able to finish the question. She only got to the first part of her question. And that was all Tomlin needed to hear to piece the hell right out of here. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. That's a reason to go? Stating how much time he has left on his contract? Are you kidding me? Stating a fact? That, that, that was not exactly a reporter looking to bait or hook or come at somebody with something unsavory. I mean, well, what was so offensive about that? She didn't even ask the question. Mike, you have a year left on your contract. That's it. I'm out of here. The dude didn't even stick around for her to finish the question. Who knows what the question would have even been? Maybe he wouldn't have hated the actual question. Maybe it would have been a softball. Maybe it would have been put on a tee for him. But we don't know. The second she even broached it, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. The only thing missing from that was, you know who the hell I am? You know how many games I've won for you? All we know is, we don't know the question. We just know that he hated the topic. The dude had no time for talk about entering the final year of his contract. That much is clear. Except, my dude, one thing. You are entering the final year of your contract. And if you don't want people talking about that, storming off the podium was a pretty goofy move. Because it was the best way to ensure that everybody would be talking about your contract and your job status today. Maybe they would have anyway. But believe me, they're coming at it with a lot more intensity. When all you had to do was not answer the question. All you had to do is what pretty much everybody does in that situation. Not answer the question. They'll try to ask it again. Not answer the question. They'll try to ask it again. Not answer it again, and then the PR person steps in and says, thank you, everybody, and then you walk off. And it's not a big thing. Except you made it a big thing. Because you're the guy who's always demanding accountability and responsibility. And when the question was even broached, you just bounced. So no, the dude has never had a losing season. And he did just win 10 more games. And he made the playoffs for the team They really didn't strike fear into anybody at all. Those are the reasons I've had that dude's back the last couple of months. But in no way can I support this guy storming off the podium over a totally innocuous and totally accurate observation about a contract. I mean, hypocritical much, Mike? Considering what you demand from your players? And no, I can't deny the toxicity level in and around Pittsburgh is legitimately alarming. 
I bet you're not real comfortable right about now. But that's the gig. You know that. You more than anybody knows that. Steeler fan, you are unhappy though, aren't you? It's not like Cowboy fan or Eagle fan clamoring for the hood man. Steeler fan doesn't even seem to care who the next head coach is. I'm not even hearing that from Steeler fan. I'm not even hearing, hey, hey, Rome, we got to have Belichick. We have to have Vrabel. We have to have Harbaugh. All I'm hearing is we have to get rid of Tomlin. It's not like these other teams that see a better opportunity or a better coach. They just don't want the one they have, which is obviously going to create a very awkward situation for ownership. Awkward. Even if they still believe in Tomlin, and they might. They might. Again, the Steelers are a different organization. They do not fire coaches, and this guy's never had a losing season. Except Steeler fan, I didn't think this was possible. I think they hate Tomlin more than they hate Canada. Matt Canada. Not the country. Matt Nova Scotia. I want to clear up all confusion. Matthew Manitoba. Matthew Saskatchewan. Matthew, Nova Scotia. Mattis, Matthew, British Columbia. I mean, they're giving Tomlin that kind of treatment. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free. If your battery needs to be replaced, our professional parts people can help you find the right super start battery for your vehicle and budget. Don't wait. Get your battery tested for free today at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Packer fans taking over. Let's go to Green Bay, Matt. Good to have you, Matt. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm just calling today because I'm feeling great about the Packers. Uh, you know, we got our cold weather. We got our 20 inches of snow here in Green Bay. And uh Super Bowl is looking for the best team. And I think if you look at how, how teamwork works, sounds like the Packers are tuned in better than anyone or right up there with the top. I think they're locked. I think you're right. He said, quote, thanks, Matt. If the Super Bowl is looking for the best team, that's an interesting way to put it. If teamwork matters, we do it better than anybody. I don't know. Baltimore might argue. San Francisco might argue. Houston might argue. Kansas City might argue. Buffalo might argue. I don't know, dude. I think you're confusing the college football playoff committee with the Super Bowl selection committee. It does not exist. Super Bowl is looking for the best team, and I think if you look at how how teamwork works. Who's the Super Bowl? Is there a committee? Are they looking for the best matchup? Is there a committee of people repping the Super Bowl, locked in a hotel room for the next three days, trying to determine who the best team is. And is Jack Savage related to anybody on that committee? The Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl is looking for the best team. Super Bowl is looking for the best team. Who comprises the Super Bowl selection committee? Is it a combination of former coaches, former players, former GMs, Super Bowl winners, Super Bowl MVPs, Hall of Famers, writers, 
broadcasters. Who's on the Super Bowl selection committee? Super Bowl is looking for the best team, and I think... Super Bowl is not looking for anything. It's the oh, Super team- Bowl. Oh, teamwork works. Yeah. Is that how teamwork works? Oh, teamwork works. Let's see how teamwork doesn't work. Look at Exhibit A, Philadelphia. That's how teamwork doesn't work. Green Bay is a very good example of a team that's cohesive. Tampa Bay, I would even argue, is a team that's representative of, quote, how teamwork works. How teamwork works. Let's go to San Antonio. Gary, great to have you. Gary, what's up? What's going on, Jim? Man, I'm a first-time listener, new caller. Um, I just want to talk some trash about Nick Sirianni. I know this is going to get me run, but it's worth it. <laughs> I knew this coach named Nicky, and yes, you can see him clad in dark green. I saw him at Arrowhead Stadium talking crap like he was the king, but then January came in. Tampa Bay could not be stopped, and poof went Nicky's ring. Love it. Love it. Ah! Well, you're no. right about one thing. You don't like that call. I don't like Dude, you're not call. a first-time listener. Not a very good call. How could you be a first-time listener? You're a first-time listener, and you just bust out on a nationally syndicated radio show and TV show, and you sing that song as a first-time listener. How is that possible? First-time listener, let me run. Let me sing some smack and try to get my golden ticket. You're not a felon, Gary, but you are a liar, allegedly. Does anybody believe that that guy was a first-time listener? Tina, maybe, the other day. But even that, I doubt, because we were not on TV. I I know a first-time listener when somebody is just kind of bumping around, they find us on TV, and they're like, hmm, what's going on here? That's different. That dude is not a first-time listener. There's no way. A first-time caller, maybe. But a first-time listener would never show up like that. Parodies do not just pop into your head the first time you listen to this show. First time listener. I don't listen to a lot of other shows because I'm so concerned and consumed with this show. How many other shows have callers doing parodies? Believe me, I'm trying to kill it on my show. I wish it would end. And how did you <laughs> And how did you know about getting run? I know this is going to get me run, but it's worth it. Not not you'll probably hang up on me. Or you probably won't care for this. Or you probably won't like this. But he nails the vernacular. I know it's going to get me run. I know this is going to get me run, but it's worth And here's a parody. But I'm a first-time listener. My man, you're a liar. I believe. I just hate to call somebody a liar without knowing for sure, but you're a liar. Not a felon. I know this is going to get me run, but it's worth it. It's going to get me run, but it's worth First it. First time listener, new caller. I think probably that part of it's true. To you, dude, I guarantee that was worth it. That's a win for you. Just don't think that any of us are buying that you're a first-time listener. That's that's garbage. But, but welcome to the jungle. Glad you finally found us. Welcome. Everybody's welcome. Thank you for being a first-time listener. As the host of a show for like 90 years, I'm always excited to get a first-time listener. Even if you know you're not. That guy. If you're a first-time listener, who was that? Oh, that was Matt in L.A. Urgh, 
I don't know. I'm a first-time listener. I'm a first-time listener. I swear. Outro. Sure you're not, dude. Hey, 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 Rome. I'm a first-time listener. What the hell happened to Terrence and Sierra Madre? Hey, hey, I'm a first-time listener. Hey, Rome, remember when you used to do that crazy five-hour night show in San Diego? Let's go to Green Bay. Will in Green Bay. Good to have you, Will. What's up? Father Rome, got three points for you. Thank you so much for taking my call. First-time caller, endless listener. Hey, Mr. Rome, got to say this. Proud of Jordan Love. Saw it coming from the summer. Had a chance to work for the team on the sides. Gave people water at the practice arena. Jordan was nice enough to even buy me a bowl at Chipotle, let alone take it to the house against those Cowboys. My goodness, did it feel good. And my goodness, did it feel good seeing Jerry cry. Oh, my Lord. I love it. Second point, Aaron Jones. I have never heard that man be so more business in my entire life. He would always say hi to the fans. Fan favorite. But that interview, stellar. And lastly, Jim, my last point before I leave, please never walk out on a one-question interview for me. Please. I love you, Jimmy. Thank you so much for taking my call, buddy. My man, Will, rack him. I would never do that. I would never do that. Again, I don't even know. First of all, he didn't even walk out on a one-question interview. It wasn't even a question. Let's go NoCal. Scott in NoCal. What's going on, Scott? How are you? Jimmy, I'm fun. How are you? Super. Awesome. You know what? Thank you um, to everybody and uh, for putting me on. Um, anyways, what I'm saying here is I would, I'm, I'm loving the fact that you, I'm starting different. I'm loving the fact that you took all the opposites that, <laughs> that the big head took and won. <laughs> It was so brilliant, and I, 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 I literally love that. Yo, what my I man, need to yo, my man, not next. to interrupt you, but not nearly as much as I love that, but thank you for pointing that out. I'm with you. Well, what I need to point out is, dearest, dearest Green Bay fan, I hate to point this out to you, but you have no chance next week. The Niners are going to destroy you. Going on. And to say that I didn't have a bit of schadenfreude, Watching the, the Dallas lose is an understatement. I really did. I loved watching them lose. But the fact is, it, you know, there's just nobody that's going to even come close to the Niners in the NFC. Not even close. I also think that Belichick is going to go to Jarrah's team only because Jarrah wants to have that record in his back pocket. And so there you have it. That's what I have. Um, I'd, I'd like to war a couple of things, but I don't have any wars or anything like that. I mean, war, um, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, the guy that just, Michigan man, there you have it. War him for not having anything to say. There you have it. <laughs> Rack him, my man. War. Him. I'd like to war something, but I have nothing to war. No, wait a minute. War that, that, that Michigan man for not having anything to say. There you have it.